Welcome to Kingdom Life Embassy. We're so glad you chose to tune in to another power-packed message by Dr. Maxwell Holland. If you are enjoying these podcasts, then connect with him on Facebook at Maxwell Holland. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Father, we thank you this morning for your precious word. We thank you for the anointing that breaks yokes. We know that today there is a word in season to him who's weary. I pray that the wind of your spirit begin to blow through every aisle this morning. Touch every seat. Heal every brokenness. Give peace to every mind. And help your people break through this morning. In the name of Jesus. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Romans 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Look at the build-up. It says, for the kingdom of God, enjoy your turkey, but this is not what the kingdom is about. It's not, a, it's not in eating and drinking. It's not how much you have around the table. It's not how much presence you have under a tree. It's not about how drunk you've got. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness. You might not get everything that you want, but what you need is righteousness, peace, and joy. Look at the build-up. In the kingdom of God, if God's going to give you joy, you first have to have peace. And before you can have peace, you must understand righteousness. Got it? So the joy of the Lord will be your strength. But joy comes because you have peace. Not just peace with God. Peace within you. Peace with others. And righteousness is what produces the peace that you are looking for. So if there's any gift that you need to understand this Christmas, is the gift of righteousness. So, C.S. Lewis says, God cannot give us happiness, joy, or peace apart from himself. Because it's not there. There is no such thing. You cannot have peace. You cannot have joy without him. There's no such thing, C.S. Lewis says. So if the joy of the Lord gives you strength to walk with perpetual joy, you must first find peace. And to find peace, you first have to understand righteousness. Isaiah chapter 32 and verse 17. I'm so glad so many of you came to service this morning. Praise the Lord. This word's going to bless you this morning. The work of righteousness. So righteousness produces a work on the inside of us. Look at this amazing gift that Christ has given. Imagine that. That righteousness is a work. It works something inside of you. And the, it will be peace. The work of righteousness means that you'll end up having peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Your assurance in 2020 is found in the fact that you are the righteousness of God. It produces a work on the inside of us. 
So what we've been doing in the series in, in, in 2020 and beyond, if you can give me the 10 life laws we've had up, please. If you can show me the 10 life laws. I've been building this as a, a work to help somebody understand that if you're going to be successful in, in the next decade, you're going to have to understand these 10 laws. I am drawing something from here this morning to help you understand that. Please take some photos if you need to, but I want you to go and meditate on this. Number one is your belief system. These are 10 life laws. This is what the Holy Spirit gave me. So the question is, what do you believe? Everything, everything, your whole life hinges on what you believe. Success is not a goal away. Success is a belief away. The question is, what do you believe? That's number one. Number two, is Christ my foundation? We're going to go in there a bit this morning to understand that. Number three is that are you leaning upon the Holy Spirit for direction? He teaches you to profit. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is the one who teaches you to profit. Number four, what do you see? Visioneering. Every single day, people are seeing pictures of death and destruction, and they're imagining a life that is full of destruction. The question is, you cannot, you cannot, if I don't, you know, if someone says, I, I can't see myself driving that car. Come on, don't worry. You never will. You never will. The question is, what do you see? What do you see? You, you don't build according to something that you don't see. You can't possess anything you do not see. Do you, what do you see for your life? Do you see God promoting you? Do you see your life moving forward? Do you see? What do you see? These are laws, life laws. If you do not apply them into your life, you, you, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. So you must pay attention, take good notes. Number five, investing in kingdom relationships. Stop wasting your time with people that don't want to put a ring on it. You give them, you're giving them marriage wood benefits without a ring. Just stop it. Just stop it. Hallelujah. Invest in people that will invest in you. Spend time with people that will spend time with you. You know, let it be iron sharpening iron. Don't waste your time anymore with people trying to just, you know, oh, I like your post. What does that got to do with anything? Let's build each other up. I need kingdom relationships that are willing to build. Come on, somebody. That are willing to build. Not stand by the sidelines and do nothing. You must be a builder. You must be somebody who's willing to build somebody up. You must be able to get into someone's face and say, the thing that you're doing is going to hurt you and me. Can somebody challenge you that way? Iron sharpening iron. Kind of relationships we're going to speak about that and we're going to build that for the new year. So possessing my inheritance means that, am I, can I grow up? Can I grow up? Can I now begin to develop the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness? I've been studying this week just the law of kindness. Just kindness. Just some people are just nasty. They just don't, they, I mean, like at what point do you just become kind to people? Just be kind. Not every post has to be something about, no, you know, just show some kindness. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And you must have developed the fruit of the Spirit to do what? To possess your inheritance. Then kingdom dynamics. Kingdom dynamics has got to do with, you know, what does the kingdom look like? What are the principles? What are the mysteries of the kingdom? Last week, it touched on quite a bit in terms of understanding order in the kingdom of God. It's a principle and how to work with the kingdom and put it first. If you don't understand the kingdom of God, you don't believe in the kingdom of God, you're going to struggle your whole life. 
your whole life. Our lives changed eight years ago when God introduced us to the kingdom of God, got involved with Dr. Miles, Dr. Bill Winston, traveled the globe, and the kingdom has opened up doors to us that has been absolutely amazing. Are you Kingdom Life Embassy? You better be clapping your hands then. Number eight is the wealth transfer. The wealth transfer. Does anybody understand that God doesn't want you to be stuck in a job? God needs a son and a daughter that he can transfer wealth into their hands. We went to go and pray at our, in our new building. And for those that went to see it, it was just absolutely... <sighs> There's a wealth transfer taking place. Somebody say amen. God is working with sons and daughters and we need to teach And What does the wealth transfer look like? It's somebody who, can, who puts the kingdom first. And God works inside of them and makes sure that the world bows. Bows and gives what is needed. That it's only given to sons and daughters who are sold out for the kingdom of God. Find your job. If you want a job, we pray for you. I mean, it's, you, God will do it. But the ultimate gain is that God needs a Joseph that he can raise up in a generation. So he can put the wealth in his hands. No amens in that church. Number nine is commanding my day. The question is, what are you saying for 2020 and beyond? Job says, was asked, have you commanded your day? The day is not just Sunday the 20, what's it, 23rd, 22nd. It's not that day I'm talking about. The day becomes the dawning of a new season. That's a day when God gives you a brand new season for your life. You must name it. Remember that God, when he made Adam and he made the animals, he brought the, the, Adam, the animals to Adam and asked him, whatever he named it, that's what it was. If God brings you to a new decade, you must name it. If you don't name it, the enemy will claim it. And he'll mess with your future and your life. Call your 2020 blessed right now. Say there's an open door for me and my family. You, 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 you can't let, listen, when God gives you a baby, whose job is it to name it? It's your job. Your name is dumb because your mother said so. I'm kidding. You, you, you're blessed. Come on, Jacob, you're blessed. When God sends you to a new day, you must name it. If God's bringing you to a new decade, you must call that decade what you want to see in it. Because when he called it a lion, it roared and it never stopped roaring. The lion is the lion because Adam said so. So the very nature of that thing comes forth because of the name you give it. That's why it is the year of the opening. It's the decade when God's going to accelerate everything about your life. Where are the believers in this place? That will actually speak into their decade. Can you command your day? Can you command things the way they need to be? Hallelujah. Number 10 is your legacy project. The question is, what are you leaving behind? So let us touch a bit on Christ as your foundation. So, Psalms 11 and verse 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Because anything built on a false foundation will not stand. For some of you who don't know that we went through a season, myself 
and pastors in our, in our marriage when um, our home fell and it was just like, you know, there's no point. Let's just get divorced. And, and we went through that even in a season for a couple of months. And here was the deal. When we got born again, or when we, when we got, came together, she was Muslim and I was Christian. And it was built on a false foundation. So anything built on a false foundation cannot stand. So the enemy doesn't want you to put your business on the kingdom foundation. He doesn't want you to put your life on Christ's foundation. He doesn't want you to put your marriage on this foundation. Because he knows anytime it stands on that foundation, it cannot be shaken. It cannot be shaken. That's why your businesses and everything in your life, you've got to think about what are the foundations for this marriage? What are the foundations for this business? What, what is the reason why I'm going into what I'm going into? What is this foundation? Because the relationships you're involved in and the people you're connected with is determining whether what you're going to build is going to stand for the next de decade. So of course the wind's going to blow. Of course the rains are going to come. But when you have the foundation right, your house will stand. I said your house will stand. I said your house will stand. I come against every wind that is contrary to the word of God, everything that is contrary to your destiny, and I command everything to go in the name of Jesus. This is your season where your life will stand. People will come and bring honor and respect, and they will honor you for your work that you do because your house is founded on the rock. Somebody shout amen in this church. You will not bow. You will not die before your time. Your life will go from strength to strength. Why? Because Christ is your foundation. Foundation. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, I'd like to put it the other way around as well. If the foundations are not destroyed, what can we not do? Where can we not go? What can we not accomplish? And I want to show you this morning that there is a firm foundation for your future and it's a gift that God has given us and it's called righteousness. Hallelujah. So, false hope, false happiness, false security, false promises. That's what the world offers you. Psalms 82 verse 1 says, You must secure your life now because here's the, here's the problem. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges amongst the gods. Defend the poor. He says, how long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. from, Free them from the hand of the wicked. Why? They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. Listen to the scriptures. All. Somebody say all. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. What is he talking about? Not talking about natural stuff. The foundations has got to do with education as a foundation. Marriage, family, the mountains, the seven mountains. These are things that are unstable. They're foundations that makes life work for you. Yet every single one of them are unstable. I hope you're fighting the CSE sex education thing. 
because what they're trying to do is destabilize a four, five, six-year-old child to think on sex instead of thinking about how to build a business. To think on sex instead of having to deal with integrity and values. So they're dealing with the foundations. They're putting a foundation in your children that will make them even more unstable than what they are right now. Forget about children in matric falling pregnant. They want the children out of primary school to have an abortion. So deal with the, unsta the unstable foundations. Because all the foundations of the earth are unstable. And you must get up and you must fight. And he says, now listen, if you do not get up and fight for what is right, if you do not defend the, the poor and the fatherless, he says, you listen to, listen to this. Next verse. I, say, I said you are gods. Gods? Like in equal standing with God? That's a small G, not big G. He says, I, I see you as gods in the earth. And all of you are children of the Most High. He says, I see you differently. I don't see you like anybody else. But listen, he says, but if you do not see me the way I see you, if you do not see you the way I see you, you shall die like mere men and fall like one of the princes. He says you'll die like an ordinary person if you do not understand the foundation of the righteous. He says because when I see you, I don't see you like the world. That when you got saved, I put you on a different pedestal. I put you on a different platform. I set you up differently to anybody else. Somebody say, I am class. God put you in an A class. He made you royalty. He set you on a different platform. You're not like an ordinary person. Don't let people speak to you that way. Hey, Sonny, hey, hey, and whistle, and then you turn. It's like, whatever, man. Just toss a bone because it's a dog whistling. Come on, somebody. You are the righteousness of God, and you have been made righteous because of His blood. That's the foundation of your life. He says, but I called you to deal with the instability of foundations. Don't let the world see you and give you, a, give you a sense, false sense of security and peace and joy and success. Don't let the world toss you diplomas and education and tell you that you're good. It's a lie of the enemy. Your foundation must be in the Word of God. Your foundation must be in His righteousness. God through Jesus Christ has provided a solid foundation for your life. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You, the will of God for your life is only discovered in the kingdom of God. That's why I said when you pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. For you to fulfill the will of God for your life, you have to come into the kingdom of God. You have to first come and pray a different kind of prayer. You've got to come into His kingdom. You've got to understand the power of His kingdom. You've got to have a kingdom dynamic. You've got to have a kingdom understanding. You've got to understand the power of what His kingdom is all about. Because the world conforms, but the word transforms. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The only way I can be transformed is when I renew my mind. When I renew my mind. When I think differently to the world. Now I'm dealing with 2020 and beyond because you need to think differently than the rest of the world. Because the world's changing. The world is changing so much. Businesses are not going to be the way they are. 
There's jobs that are going to let go of, but the new jobs that God's got, new ideas and innovation and creativity. Why are you stressed? You are a child of the Most High God. Come on, somebody say amen. The only way the king guarantees success in his kingdom is through his word. So number one is that when we're dealing with crisis, our foundation, our identity sets the tone for all we become, for all that we do, think, and say in the kingdom. Let me say it again. Our identity sets the tone for all we become. If you don't know, have an identity, we, don't, we can't tell you who you are. We can't tell you, you know, where you come from. Who are you? You can't function in the earth. You can't, you can't buy a house. You can't buy a plane ticket. You can't go anywhere because of an identity issue. So the first gift that God gave us is His image. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. What? Image got to do with the class. Likeness got to do with the ability, the ability to function. The first, that's the first gift to make, given to man. You know the story with Adam in the garden. Adam fails and he loses his identity. Adam can't function anymore. Likeness has got to do with the ability to function. And if you don't have, uh, if, if you're finding somebody not functioning in the earth, you've got to just, it's a simple conversation. It's, it's their ID. It's their identity. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they are. For many, many years, uh, for, for many months, um, I had no name. My dad had an encounter with an angel, um, had, had four or five children. Uh, his eldest son died, uh, Theodore, nine months. And then my mom's pregnant with me. And so my mom just, you know, my dad has an encounter with God. God says, this one, you're not allowed to name until I meet with you again. And for months, he says two things, don't cut his hair and don't name him. And so for many months, I go to the clinic. They got my name down as Mark. And they're just like, we got to give him some name because we got to give him injections and, 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 and take care of me at the clinic. And so it's months later, while my hair is long, I sound like a girl already. They come and they say, my dad has another encounter. And the Lord says to him, his name will be called Maxwell Benjamin. My name was given from above. So that's when God added my name. That's when my father changed my name. But without my identity, because what will he do? Because when I went to go and study my name, my name means righteousness. And Benjamin means right hand of, the, of my father, right? So now you understand that based upon the name that you've given, I can, I'm able to function out of that. That's the reason why you'll find me fight over certain things that seems maybe insignificant to you. No, I just want groceries for Christmas. No, no, you need to get out of that poverty mentality because that was the foundations of this world. All of it is unstable. And so my core speaks to everything that's unstable. When it deals with marriages or children's education or poverty, I hate the stench of poverty. You, you should never be broke. Never, ever be broke. I'm, where, where's the amens in this church? You should be dispensing blessing wherever you go. You should have no worry whatsoever. You should have no sickness in your body. There's nothing inside of you that should disturb you. There is no hindrance in your mind. There's no depression. There's no fear. Why? These are the foundations of the world. You are not in the world. The foundations of the kingdom of God brings you peace, gives you joy. Somebody shout yes and amen in this church. Don't let the world conform you. And define who you are. Let the word of God define who you are. I am the righteousness of God. Romans 5.19. You know that Adam messed up? In Romans 5.19 it sets it straight. Seven, in fact, uh, 
Give me verse 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. So death entered in because of Adam. This is the reason why Jesus came. Much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is not what you do. Righteousness is a gift. The first gift that you've been given is to fix your image before God. And it's called righteousness. That's beautiful, isn't it? That's really amazing, right? Because imagine that, that when Adam got robbed of his identity, I mean, you know, this is what the, the story was with Eve, is that, you know, so, um, you know, God knows that if you, if you eat of this tree, you're going to be like him. What was he attacking? He was attacking her image. When he tempted Jesus, well, you know, if you're the son of God, what's he doing? He's attacking the image. So every time you begin to deal with the image of God on the inside of you, um, you, you need to understand righteousness. It's your first gift. It's your first gift. It's your first gift. As a born-again believer, this is your first gift. It's not stuff you pay for. This is the stuff that you don't try to make yourself right. You are right before God because of this gift of righteousness. He says, look, if, I, if you receive the gift of righteousness, you're also going to be added to it abundance of grace. Grace unmerited favor, I will add to those who understand that they're the righteousness of God. Is there anybody who understands that they're the righteousness of God? That's the only way you can reign in life. The only way. You cannot, you cannot live in your own degrees, with your own success, with your own ideas. You, 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 you will fail. You'll, you'll spend 20, 50, whatever. When you're 99, you'll realize that I messed up because I didn't know who I was. And what Christ has done. Because those are the two things you need. One is the gift of righteousness. And when you receive that, God throws in abundance of grace. And now you begin to rule and reign as a king in this life. So, there are 152 identification scriptures in the Bible. Where Christ, when he died for you, he became your substitute. He must now become your identification. We were born into sin, but we were made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. I said you were born into sin, but you were made righteous because of the blood. Please say amen. Righteousness now becomes our foundation. Because you can build no higher than our foundations permit. Psalms 89 verse 14. You can build no higher. You want to build a marriage, a business? You can, we build no higher than the foundations permit. If, if you want to build a, a double story at home, uh, the building inspectors must come and inspect the foundation of your house. If the foundations can't handle it, they're going to break the house down and put the proper foundation down so you can build higher. It's all in the foundation. If you don't get the foundation right, you're going to be begging God your whole 2020 and you're going to be asking God for things and you know that, that's got nothing to do with your destiny. I want to see you grow, and I believe that 2020 is going to be the year you're going to accelerate on a whole nother level. I am telling you now, you are living in a single story. God's going to create a triple story for you in one year in the name of Jesus. Now, I hope you're not thinking building first, outside, because the building is first where? Good church. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. That means I can't go to God 
built upon my righteousness. What does righteousness mean? It's to stand before God with no sense of inferiority. So you can't come up to God and say, Lord, you know, I'm just a poor sinner and I messed up. If you were a sinner, then repent. Because the only prayer that God hears from a sinner is the prayer of repentance. But if you've been saved, then you were made righteous. So make up your mind. Are you either a sinner or are you the righteousness of God? You're only one or two. You can't be both. You can't be crying about things and saying, well, I, you know, it just the Lord knows I'm struggling with my flesh because I'm a sinner. No, you're not a sinner. If you are saved, you are the righteousness of God. And yes, you might be struggling with your flesh. And yes, there might be things that the enemy is trying to trip you up over. But that doesn't change the fact that you are the righteousness of God. That you are in right standing with Jesus because of what Jesus has. Come on, somebody. You are in right because God does not have anybody stand on the foundation. His foundation is righteousness and justice. You can't approach the throne of God because you have a need. And I'm so bad. No. I am who God says I am. My son's messed up. Have I thrown him out of my house? Do I not call him my son anymore? No. I can't change it. Why? His eye tells you. In the midst of his struggle, he's my son. The prodigal is still the father's son. Don't let the enemy mess with you and your flesh that you're struggling with. You are still the righteousness of God. Why? You, God, when God speaks to you, it's the fervent prayer of the righteous that avails much. If you're a sinner and you're bad and, you know, the enemy's trying to speak to your flesh, then repent and get saved and be baptized. But times of refreshing, so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. But when you are saved... The righteous are as bold as a lion. You can boldly come into the throne room of grace to obtain mercy for your faults and grace to help you in your time of need. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Now, the reason why you need to say this, so Joyce Meyer, in one of her books when I, re when I read it many years ago, she speaks about this righteousness idea. And so God lets her know because, you know, she's studying the scriptures, the Holy Spirit's leading her. She wakes up in the morning, she, you know, of, of her abuse, and her husband leaves, and she says, don't leave, and this big fight is happening, and Joyce Meyer's sitting by herself with the word, and, she's sitting, and she says, God, you need to help me, because she made a mistake again. So he says, you're the righteousness of God. She says, no, I'm not. I'm so bad. I'm never going to come right. My life's never going to come right. God opens up her eyes in her kitchen opens up her eyes to see the demons coming for her. Demonic forces that just entered the house and was there. And the Lord says, this is why I am telling you to say in the midst of your flesh and struggle to say I am the righteousness of God. When she said, I am the righteousness of God, they backed off. They just said, I am the righteousness of God. Then they backed off even further. Some of you need to go and walk through your house this, this morning. You need to go and walk in and say, this house is a righteous house. Why? I am the righteousness of God. This is the gift that Jesus gave me. I am in right standing with the Lord. Somebody shout yes. Don't let the enemy tell you based upon your flesh that you're not the righteousness of God. The first gift that you must open up as a born again believer is that you are the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. 
Even if your flesh is struggling, you must be able to can speak and say, no, 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 I am the righteousness of God. Because how are you going to go and pray if God only hears the prayer of the righteous? You're either a sinner or you're the righteousness of God. Make up your mind which one it is. But the first gift you were given is that you are the righteousness of God. And the devil has got no answer for this word. Because it makes you unstoppable, it makes you uncursable, and it makes you... So, some people, and that's why I don't like to play around with religious folk, that pretend that they got it all together. Why? Because they bring in their righteousness and tell you how pure they are on the one side, but don't deal with the other thing that they're struggling with. But Jesus is not like that. When he deals with you, he can write in the sand because he knows all your detail. Don't come and bring out people's dirt and go and look into their dustbins when they brought their dirt bins outside because the dog's going to kick yours over and we're going to see what's in yours because you keep on looking into other people's stuff. I mean, if you're going to make a noose for me, Make sure you make two. One for me and for you. I mean, if you're going to let us hang, let's go to the gallows together. You and me. Because we both need... Give me, give me Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. All of Israel is not saved. Israel, Jerusalem and Israel, they're just a victim of promise. God needed to land somewhere. He didn't choose Cory or Anfantine. He chose Jerusalem. They're just a victim. But they need to be saved themselves. For I bear witness, I bear the, for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God. Have you seen people with a zeal for God? But not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's platform of righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. That tells me religious people come and tell you how to act before God so God can receive you. They tell you that if you don't do this right, then you're never going to be right with God. That's their own righteousness. They're looking to establish their own righteousness. Yet when Jesus came, God came to give us His righteousness so that we can stand on a platform before God with no sense of inferiority. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness for everyone who believes. Are you a believer? No, clap your hands if you're a believer. Clap your hands if you're a believer. And then say, I am the righteousness of God. So righteousness means to stand before God with no sense of inferiority. Righteousness is like a magnet and will draw everything to you when we first seek His righteousness. That's why Matthew chapter 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and whose righteousness? His righteousness, not yours. Not yours. 
Jesus came in. Oh, listen to this one. It's hard, it's hard to do right if you don't know who you are. It's hard to do right if you don't know who you are. We keep on telling people, do right, do right, do right. No, no, no. Believe right. And your life will come right. Many people are trying to, if I just, if I just, just don't sin this Christmas, this new year. No, I'm not, I'm not preaching to you. The people are, I'm just, everything. Can you stay saved this Christmas? And they put so much pressure on my flesh. Christmas was my party time, baby. The party was at my house. How are you ever going to tell my flesh not to? You're going to have to strap me up somewhere. And maybe just feed me with a straw. There was... Christmas time, like the enemy thinks your, your flesh should just be. And you're trying to say, I'm going to do right, I'm going to do right, I'm going to do right. This is how it works with your flesh. Do you remember in your street, there was always that old man that was so miserable. As one of the neighbors. And he would come there, you play the ball in the street, the ball goes in his yard, he keeps the ball. It's like, it's old Toppy, what's wrong with you? And so, you know, Keniki goes in there, you know, the dogs are worse than that man because you're getting nothing. There was one man in our street that, I mean, when he died, we wanted to go to that house to fetch all our stuff, man. It's like, that stuff belonged to us. I remember that. And so he's the one that stands outside and says, listen, you don't ever throw a rock on my roof. I'm coming after you. I'm a cop. Late that night, when you buy, you and your buddies, I mean, there's houses everywhere. The houses are left, right. the streets. Why that house? Because you said, don't throw stones here. There's something about your flesh that stirs up when you say don't. It's in the Bible. Because every time you tell a child, don't, they have their hands going in the jar, they're going to do something. It's because you're trying to control the flesh, and the flesh, it's impossible to control it. You're going to need the Holy Spirit to be governing your whole life. Yours is to submit to the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit will take away even the desire for alcohol. Because... The Bible says nothing good is in your flesh. Nothing good. And the deal for me was every single time, my saving grace for this crazy man was every time I would submit myself to the Holy Spirit. Because man, there was a crazy guy here once upon a time. Jesus came to usher in a righteous government that makes us unstoppable, uncursable, and unshakable. For unto us, Isaiah 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government, a new order, a new foundation, is what he came to bring in. This new government he came to bring in. 
So, when you enter his kingdom and Christ becomes your foundation for righteousness, it gives you three things as a starter. For a starter, three things. Number one, it makes you unshakable. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, the world is shaking and all its problems and all the challenges, but when you are in the kingdom of God, and the first thing that Christ came to give you is a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Somebody say amen. Let things shake, let the world lose their minds, let them, the jobs will come and go and things will look like they're shaking, but you are in a kingdom and your life is unshakable. No matter what you fight you, that you're in, you're, the kingdom that you're in is unshakable. You are going from strength to strength and from glory to glory. Let the world shake, baby, but we are in a kingdom that is unshakable. You cannot shake us with the things that you try to throw at us. It's unshakable. Shout yes and amen. The next thing that it is, it's, it's unstoppable. Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. You better get in with the kingdom and it's dynamic. You better get your foundation straight because you are, you're going to be unstoppable, uncursable, and unshakable. In the days and in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Never be destroyed. Never be destroyed. Governments will come and go. Nations will come and go. But the kingdom of heaven, will, as long as Jesus tarries, we have a kingdom that can never be destroyed. I mean, what a deal for us in, in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. If you put your, your business in the kingdom of God, it can never be destroyed. It will just go through cycles. And fresh things will come out again because it cannot be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. God's waiting for you. And it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and will stand for how long? Say forever. Say forever. That's a kingdom dynamic. Unstoppable, uncursable, unshakable. Uncursable. Micah chapter 6 verse 1. I want you to know that you come into the kingdom of God. You've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness. You've come into this marvelous light. And you become unstoppable, uncursable, and unshakable. Now hear what the Lord says. Arise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, o mountains, the Lord's complaint, and you strong foundations of the earth. The Lord has a complaint against His people, and He will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you, and how have I wearied you? Testify against me. For I brought you out from the land of Egypt. Are you out of bondage? Are you out of bondage? I redeemed you from the house of bondage. And I sent you, I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. And Pastor Max. Oh my people, remember now what Balak king of Moab counseled. And what Balaam the son of Beor answered him from Acacia Grove to Gilgal. That you may know the righteousness of the Lord. He says, I want you to go and study Balaam and Balak. So that you can understand that you are uncursable. These people are in bondage. They're journeying out of Egypt and they're going into the promised land. And as they're traveling, there comes a king that sees his people are progressing. And no one, I mean like God's favors upon them. God's providing for them. There's, there's, there's quail, there's water, there's shelter, there's, there's fire. There's a cloud by day, there's a pillar by night. God's got them. 
That should tell you this morning that God's got this. Tell your neighbor, God has got this. Because God is getting, is watching as you're progressing. He's watching as they're moving. And the king is watching from a distance. They don't know that this king is, 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 is seeing the progress. Some of you don't understand that people are seeing the progress on your life. In the last decade, they watched all the beginning of the decade. You were stagnant. You were going nowhere. You had no breakthrough. You never couldn't take holidays. You borrowed money everywhere. But now look what the Lord has done to your life. Look how the Lord has opened up the doors for you. You're begging nobody anymore. Come on, somebody. I have been young and I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. This is the kingdom of God. Are you the righteousness of God? Then shout yes and amen in this church. You will never beg anyone anybody. You're not going to go borrow anymore. Your days of begging people are gone. You're going to owe nobody a thank you. You're going to bless the Lord because you are the righteousness of God. Shout, I am the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Come on, let the demons know, I am the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Say, I am the righteousness of God. Say, I am I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. Never. It's a violation of the kingdom of God. Never. Never. And when God's done with you, you're going to owe no man a thank you. This is the kingdom of God. You're going to owe no man a thank you because God's going to elevate you. Listen, man. God's got people working in the earth. You understand that 120 years, God takes Noah. They say maybe 80. 80, 90, whatever. 90 years of your life to build an ark that God used only for 40 days to change everything. He builds a whole apostolic model and then discards it after the rains have come and the rains have subsided. God's using people to bless you. God's using the unrighteous. They, right now, you sitting in church, some people are sweating, building houses just like you like it. Somebody's not going to listen to me this morning. But I need to preach to somebody who's going to believe that God's got somebody designing exactly the way you like it. They're designing it. They're putting it down on paper so that when you are ready, God's going to move you in and move them out. Because when the blessing of the Lord is on you, no man can stop you. Let's, let's have a look at this. He says, Now remember what Balak, the king of Moab, counseled, and what Balaam, the son of Beor, answered him from Acacia Grove to Gilgal, that you may know the righteousness of God. Let's quickly just touch on both of them. He says, In Numbers chapter 23, verse 16, they're traveling. This king is seeing their progress. He hires a prophet, pays him money. The Lord, then the Lord met Balaam. Balaam's the prophet. Balak is the king. 
He put a word in his mouth and said, go back to this king. Because the king said, these people are journeying and they're moving too quick. Because nobody should be progressing like these people. Are you listening, Kingdom Life Embassy? That tells me God's going to promote you. No, in our system, you must, make, you must wait until eight years have gone. And in the eighth month, they promote you. Because you're progressing too fast. The devil don't like that you progress too fast. Why must you wait until you're 30 to be a millionaire? Who says you must wait 12 months for every month? Clap once a month for your money. What's that? What's that? No, no, you're going to get your whole salary for the year and your bonus in one month. In one month. Why? It's progress. The Lord made Balaam and, and put a word in his mouth and said, go back to Balak and thus you shall speak. Go and tell that king, this is what I say to him. Now listen, the people are not having a conversation and fighting no demonic forces. The people are not fighting demonic forces. They're not dealing with the word curses and the hexes that they're trying. They don't even know that that's happening. they just in the order with God. So he came to him and there he was standing by his burnt offering and the prince of, princes of Moab were with him. And Balak said to him, you the prophet, what has the Lord spoken? Then he took up his oracle and said, rise up Balak and hear and listen to me son of Zippor. So the, the prophet speaks back to Balak. He says, now listen to me. I've been doing this thing three times now. I've tried from different angles to curse these people. You asked me to curse these people of God. Now remember, Micah says, go and study this to understand the righteousness of God. He says, go and study this scripture to understand what it means, this gift of righteousness. Go and understand that. He says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? God's going to make it good. Come on, somebody. God's going to make it right. I don't care what you're going through, but I'm telling you that God's not a man that he should lie. Next verse. Behold, because he gets up there and he goes and he tries and curses them. And he says, I, he's getting paid for this. And there's an offering. And they're thinking the Lord's going to receive this. And he says, now curse them. And he goes, I bless you. He says, what the hell are you doing? He goes back the third, second time. He puts more money down, puts more offerings. And he says, now curse them. He goes, I, the prophet, I bless you. He says, what the hell is wrong with you? I mean, you trying to control, can't you just control your own tongue? Behold, I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Nobody can wash the blessing of the Lord upon your life. You've been made righteous because of the blood. No one can stop the blessing of the Lord that's on your family, your home, your life. I don't care where you come from. I don't care about the bondage you've been in. I don't care what your start to life has been. But because you are the righteousness of God, you are uncursable. 
Nobody can curse you. No one can curse your children. No one can curse your house. No one can curse your future. You are unstoppable. You are unshakable. And you are uncursable. Say yes. He, listen, what righteousness means. It's got nothing to do with how good you've been this year. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not moan. I'm telling you why. He's come to see if you know it's your nice. If you've been good or bad. That's. Look, some of you, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But there's no Santa Claus. Not based upon how good you've been this year. He says, I have not observed iniquity in these people. I've observed, I've, he has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. What? They were murmuring and complaining. They were, they were like, none of them died. Because they, I mean, like God was saying, I am putting a covering over you. That even your mistakes, because you were made righteous. God's not looking at your faults. The gift of righteousness says you're free. And you are blessed. The Lord, His God, is with Him. God is with you. Not because you didn't, because you prayed right. And you gave right. And you gave some little, you know, offerings or uh, you bought a basket to help the poor. He says, God is with them because God made them righteous. That's the gift. And the final part of the scripture says, and the, come on, work with me, and the, You're missing your moment. There's got to be a better shout in this house. Come on. Shout! Because you are uncursable. You are unstoppable. And you are unshakable. Watch now. Righteousness is the DNA of God at work in the believer. Everything about your spirit right now feels like you can take on the world. Because the DNA of your father is now on the inside of you. It's the ability to stand before God without a sense of guilt, condemnation, inferiority complex, or sin consciousness. I'm not aware of my sin anymore when I understand the righteousness of God. Number three, it means equality with God. He says, I called you God's. I said you are God's. It gives you equality with God. Jesus said, I and my Father are one. Number four, the righteousness means a consciousness of my status as a member of the God class. A partaker of the divine nature. What cannot, ooh, 
What cannot be found in God cannot be found in you. Is there sickness in heaven? There can be no sickness in your body. Is there failure in heaven? There can be no failure in your life. Is there any depression in heaven? There cannot be depression in my life. Why? I am the righteousness of God. I have the DNA of my Father. Are there stupid people in heaven? There cannot be. Tell your neighbor, Amen. And Tell them, there's no ugly people in heaven also. High five your neighbor and say, Amen. Amen. There are no ugly people even in heaven. You better start smiling. Why? Because you are the righteousness of God. You have the DNA of your father on the inside of you. How can you fail in this life? How can you look back in this life? How can you not go and be a success in this life? I rebuke that wind over your life in the name of Jesus. It's the first gift that you received is that you've been made righteous because of the blood. Let me end with some scripture. This one's good for you. Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10. Read with me this morning. Read with me this morning. Say to the righteous that it shall be well with them for they shall eat the fruit of their doings. High five your neighbor and say, hey, hey, it is well with you. It is well with me. We are walking in victory all the days of our lives. We've been made righteous because of the blood, because of the blood, because of the blood. We were made righteous. It is well with us. Come on, if anybody else, is there anybody who is saved in this house that needs to say, it is well. It is well in my home. I am the righteousness of God. It is, my home is blessed. My children are blessed. My womb is blessed. This is the righteousness of God. Come on, shout yes. Tell the righteous, it is well. Tell them 2020, it is well. Isaiah 54, 14. In righteousness, you shall be established. You shall be how far? You shall be what? Next to oppression? Living with depression? How can it be a part of your life? How? How? You shall be a how? Say it, say it like, it's, like it's far. Say far. Say it's far. I'm far from oppression. How can anything come into your house and oppress your house? When you have the gift of righteousness. You meditate on this word long enough. I am telling you, you're going to break out in healing. You're going to break out in answers. You're going to have an anointing upon your life. You're going to walk in victory all the days of your life. You're going to gum the devil to death. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to bless the Lord this morning because you are the righteousness of God. Don't let the enemy, I'm telling you now, when the enemy comes and attacks me, I run to this word. Why? I'm far from oppression. Far. Far from oppression. How can you be the one fearing? For you shall not fear. And how can terror come near you? There's no cancer that can rest in your body. There's no depression. There's no fear. There's no thought of suicide that can remain in your life. This is not a part of your your heritage. It, say it with me, it shall not come near 
you. Because you are the righteousness of God. It's called a gift. And the devil has kept people in ignorance on what their real DNA is. You're not a sinner saved by grace anymore. You are the righteousness of God. Is there anybody going to bless the Lord this morning? I'm going to give giving you, then we're going to go home. Romans 1.16. Let me give you the balance of the scripture. Here we go. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. Keep going. For in it, when I preach the good news of Jesus Christ, when you celebrate Jesus over Christmas, when you think about the goodness of the Lord, when you meditate on His scriptures and you begin to realize the reason why He came and the gift of salvation that made you the righteousness of God. He says when you get that scripture on the inside of you, He says when you're preaching the gospel, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. People say, I'm going to go from faith to faith next year. No, no, no. You get understanding about righteousness and automatically you go from faith to faith. As is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith is the currency, honey. You don't need all that money. You need faith. To get from what heaven has got into your life, you need faith. The more faith you got, the more you can shop from the macro of heaven. Hallelujah. Faith begins to go from level, from one level of expression to another as we look at him. Let me announce it. Your chapter of struggle is over. What cannot be in him cannot be in you. How do you worship loud to a God who's inside you? He's not out there, He's in here. You were made the righteousness of God. Wherever you travel, on the bus, in the car, on a plane, and in the train, you can worship the King. Because you are made right. And you're in right standing with the Lord. You are made righteous. And because you are made righteous, do you feel the peace? Because you've got peace with God. You've got peace with yourself. And when all these things are added, the abundance of grace, and your house is beautified, and your, your bills are paid in full, and there's healing in your body, and there's peace in your home, and your marriage is blissful, there's joy. 